back to me enough is Enough is enough. Hey guys, welcome back to the Indie Wrestling Corner with another episode of Under the Ropes. I'm your host as always, the queen of the indies, Tiffany. And I'm so excited because I feel like this is a long overdue interview and we made it happy. <laughs> Happen, my good friend Larry Legend. What is going on? <laughs> I am here, and you are right. It has been too long that I've been seeing you do your things with a lot of my colleagues. Yes. And now, finally, on June 1st, Pride <laughs> Day, first day of Pride Month, Hell yeah. here I am to talk to you finally on Under the Rope. So, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Oh, I'm so excited. And I wanted to support all my people with Pride Month. I did the like the flag eyes going on today. I saw you post. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Much love to all you guys. I've been saving this look actually for the longest. So it gave me more of a reason to do it today. So I was really excited. So woohoo. So I love everybody out there. So but um got <laughs> And love is the answer, so spread it. Not yes. just Pride, but every month of the year. We need a little bit more love, not just this month, but amongst all of us. So thank you for the support. And yeah, I'm so honored to be here on this day. Absolutely. Awesome. So, guys, if you're new to the End of the Rope series here on the Indie Wrestling Corner, I interview everything independent wrestling, whether it's wrestlers, promoters, ring announcers, backstage. I got you covered. If you guys got questions for Larry, please feel free. Drop them into the chat. I'm sure he'll be more than happy to answer any of your questions. And yeah. <laughs> make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you share it all for the audio listeners out there too i love you thank you so much for the downloads much appreciated so we are going to learn very much about larry all right we're going to go back to basics we're going to learn a little bit about you so how did you get into wrestling and how did you become a ring announcer well i guess i got into wrestling um my friends and i uh started kind of like one thanksgiving when i was on break from college you know i was an undergrad at nyu uh you know my old high school friends and i we all got together and all we were talking about was wrestling you know and how great the storylines were at the time and my one buddy uh you know he went to a performing arts high school with me he was a junior 
you know, at this point, but he had a camcorder. Mm -hmm. And one, you know, night during the Thanksgiving break, we were all just horsing around with uh, his camcorder, and we started, like, doing, like, um, oh, yeah, this is how that interview that Crash and and Hardcore Holly should have gone on SmackDown. And, like, we filmed it, and then, of course, in the joshing about, it turned into, like, a brawl. And, you know, it was just really, like, pushing onto the sofa and doing stuff like that, but... We loved watching it so much. Mm-hmm. We loved watching this little, like, joking about thing that we did where we were do- kind of doing moves that we decided to try to do it again. Oh. And we decided to try to take that camera and do it again, but in the confines of the backyard. <laughs> and, um, you know, that Christmas break. So, if you you know, you know Thanksgiving break, I'm home for a bit. That, that winter break, I came home, and that's when my old high school friends and I and a few of the guys that I graduated high school with we started doing backyard wrestling. Right. And, um, you know, I can't deny that that is definitely my path to lead me to CZW and the great beyond. It is the relationship I have with my, my best friends, watching wrestling, loving wrestling, going to see wrestling live, playing No Mercy in WrestleMania 2000. And, and in particular with those two games, I always call them out because of the create a wrestler mm-hmm. feature on both No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000 an engine I wish they would go back to in games now but those engines on the creator wrestler really kind of showed you the mechanics of like a collar and elbow tie up you know and posting for a suplex so I'm not going to say that any of us in the backyard were trained because we weren't right none of us were any sort of school or anything like that but through those two games and us loving those games and doing the creator wrestler mode and coming up with our own version of Benoit or Angle that wasn't on the game um you know we, we kind of, like, learned, like, a lot of different, like, you know, ways to do, like, what we were watching on TV and what we loved so much. So my, my origin story of, of becoming a ring announcer and getting into wrestling all started with backyard wrestling. And in particular, with my backyard fed, you already know, I was always the commentator. I was always the ring announcer. Whenever there was a backstage segment, I was always the voice of, like, right. you know, oh, that happened last week. How do you feel? So... My path to becoming a host, a ring announcer, an MC started with just doing this thing on my own with my friends. And in particular, while we were doing it, always being kind of like the Vince McMahon, Michael Cole, Kevin Kelly interviewer and announcer. Um, so that that's really where it started. And eventually, I was at a pivotal age, you know, right around that 21 years old age. And I kind of was like, I don't have too much time and I really love doing this, but I'm not going to be able to make any money off of it or gain any sort of level of, you know, status in my backyard. That's a tough road to plow, and there's no way we could build a fan base to come to see backyard wrestling. So I somehow found my way joining a pro wrestling school uh, right here in Baltimore, Maryland, where I'm from. And it was the MCW Bonebreakers Pro Wrestling Training Academy. And the way that I found out about them was they, they ran ads during Raw. When Raw would run on USA here in, in Baltimore, um, you know, you would see, like, ads from, like, a local Chevy dealer or ads from, like, you know, something local that was just playing for us. And MCW would run ads about Bone Breakers Pro Wrestling Training Academy. Right. So I remember it vividly. I was watching Raw, and one of those ads ran, and I was like, you know, I don't want to be a wrestler because I don't really think I have the discipline to have, like – you know, a body, like, I don't really like the gym. I wasn't the most athletic, you know, 21-year-old at all. And I was like, I really I really don't think I want to do that. But 
I really want to be a part of this. I really want to somehow get involved. And um, I guess really what I wanted to know was how did you guys get that ad to run on Raw? Because I'm thinking Raw is like a nationwide show all over the country. Yet here I am in Baltimore seeing an ad for a local pro wrestling training academy, which meant to me that somebody was running a business. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just get a, you don't just get a commercial during one of the highest rated shows on USA on a Monday night unless you understand the mechanics of like how you can advertise and promote. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I basically, um, still around the age of 21, 22, I, uh, I called the number and I was like, hey, I don't really necessarily want to be a wrestler, but I'd love to get involved in what it is that you were doing. I saw the commercial and um, that seemed major to me. It seemed major to me that you guys had a commercial during Raw for this, this school. Mm-hmm. So how can I get involved? And they, uh, they invited me down to the school to look at it, tour the facility, and of course sit down in the office and go over like payment packages. You know, and I kind of was like, what? Like payment packages? I don't want to be a wrestler. I said that. And they were like, yeah, we know. But like, you know, what we are going to be able to provide for you um, is going to open up a lot of doors and windows. And we cannot just be giving that away for free. So since you don't want to be a wrestler and you're not interested in being a ref, we have a rate, a tuition rate for managers, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it was lower than a wrestler. I think for a wrestler, it was $3,000 for a referee. It was $1,500. And for a manager, it was a thousand dollars. And they were like, we're going to put you on that plan. If you want to do it, you sign your name down that you'll make payments and you will learn the wrestling business through us down here at, you know, the, the Bonebreakers Pro Wrestling Training Academy. So it was really kind of like, ah, I got to pay these guys to, like, work for them. Like, it just kind of, like, didn't really, it sat sour with me. But I was like, you know, time's a-wasting. Again, I'm 21 years old. Time's a-wasting. It's kind of like now or never. And I made the decision to go ahead and sign up to be a manager at Bone Breakers Pro Wrestling Training Academy. However... When I first started down there, I didn't do any, like, the drills, like, running around the school and, you know, forward rolls and, you know, all the sit-ups and all that. I didn't do any of that cardio. I really just came in and, like, worked out of their office. Like, they had a small little office where, like, where I met with them to talk about tuition payment plans. And, you know, I kind of became, like, the coordinator of the office in regards to, like, responding to, like, voicemails and clearing out the email and never really tidying up, but, uh, you know, kind of like receiving the merchandise, the shirts, the tapes, receiving all that stuff and organizing it and getting it ready and packaged for shows. Like I kind of became, uh, they kind of immersed me into like that part of the, I don't even know what that role is called. Just like helper, like assistant, I guess my role was like really administered, like a production assistant, you know? And, um, yeah, that's I, I just <clears throat> this was like uh, October of 2001. Um, I started I went and visited them in September of 2001 and I became like a, a you know, a, a, a member of the MCW extended family as like a assistant by October. I was doing shows by October of 2001. Right, right. So awesome. That's so awesome. I love to hear it. But see, these are the reasons why I like doing these interviews, because, you know, there are people, um, you know, we'll get into that also later in, you know, the podcast, because I always kind of like to end on that note. Um, 
is, you know, there are people that listen to this podcast. Maybe they are looking to get into the business or what do I need to do and stuff like that. So I love that you got to share this story and, you know, really break down of, you know, how you started. And this was something that you did and going to the school and paying the tuition and being the manager and just like growing through where you are now. So, so awesome. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a direct path. We all have a direct path to being on a podcast. Right. Like, there's a reason you want to talk to me. And my path started doing backyard wrestling, but then like really like wanting to do more. Right. So kind of finding a way to get involved in a local, a local company. I mean, for a long time, I didn't even realize that there were other like local companies. I didn't realize there were like ROHs and CZWs and, MYWCs and ICWs. I didn't realize that for a very long time. For the first few years in my career, I kind of just was thinking like, you know, I knew there was another like rival Maryland company, but mm-hmm. I didn't know about all the regional like indies. Right. Uh, until I met Ruckus uh, from from Blackout. And yeah. And I found out about like other JPWs and, and all the other companies and how you could kind of like tour them and like you know do shows in new york like you know ruckus who kind of like introduced me to the indies when i met him he was kind of like the king of the double and triple shot which is like you know multiple shows in a day in a weekend like you do a show in the afternoon and then leave that show and get to the czw show just in time to go on for his match right you know it's like all about doing that because there was money to be made and you know he's talented and everyone wanted to pay to see him and buy his shirt so you know, um, I really kind of got introduced to like the indies through, you know, my relationship with Ruckus and CZW and how he brought me into CZW after for about five years, I'd say all I did was MCW. Eventually I became the ring announcer of MCW where both, who was the bone breaker school. Um, but I, um, I never did anything else until, um, eventually Ruckus was on an MCW show and he was just like, hey, man, I got to I got to take you to CZW with me. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like, oh, cool. You know, but I was thinking, like, what, what is CZW, you know, and then the rest is history. Right. So awesome. There is so much love in the chat. Let me get to you guys, because I see you guys all yeah. in there and typing and all that stuff. Steve Stone says hi. Brad, he goes, Larry, I can actually like hear Brad. I mean, Brad's like my best friend in the world that I know forever. Uh, so it's, I, I just hear him going, Larry. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, lo- a lot of people love hollering my name. Yeah. You know, and, and I'll take it. <laughs> uh, Bryce is in the chat. Oh, excuse me. Chad Spectacular is in the chat. Oh, Chad is in here. It's starting to get a little hot. <laughs> He goes, hey, best friend. Hey, Jack Savitz in the chat. What's going on, Jack? Love Jack, you. Jack, Jack Savitz was the first promoter to ever put my my uh, name on a flyer. Like he's uh he's like he's he's really instrumental in me getting a lot of the traction that I got. Right. My first like New York proper Fed was ICW. Yeah. Before that, it was just NYWC. Um, but Jackie Jack saw me up there. And was like, um, you know, I want you to come through to my show and, and maybe do something. And 
Here we are today with ICW No Holds Barred. So hi, Jack. Thank <laughs> you for helping put me, put me on on the New York scene. I love it. You know, and it's great because I came across the photo the other day with you, me, and Jack that you and me were taking a photo, and he photo bombed our photo at one of the ICW shows in well, Queens, yeah, New that was York. That ultimate Queens. Ultimate yes. Fans. I and miss those shows, which were awesome. Oh man, those are those are great. It's it's just it's just so awesome. All right, let's see more love in this chat. Uh, Jumbo refs in the chat. What's up? He goes, hey, Larry. Jumbo. <laughs> uh, let's see who else. Mittens in there. Uh, good. Oh, the Interstate Gigolo Mitten. Oh no, this is a different mitten. Mitten. <laughs> mitten, not mitten. Oh, not not mitten. demons. Okay. Uh, <laughs> good. Not mitten. Is that a good cop, bad cop, Mike Thick. Uh Brandon's in the chat. What's up, Brandon? Matt Awesome's in here. He's, he said, dude, the truth's always a delight to see him. Absolutely. Uh, let me get to some of these questions in the chat. Brad wants to know, is there any one event that is on your bucket list to ring announce for? Event? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, not really an event. I mean, um, I guess I never, I guess um, I had my WrestleMania moment the year that um, Mickey Rourke, you know, I think Jericho fought Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, and Jimmy Snuka. No, no, Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snuka. There was a year that Jericho fought the three legends. And it ended with Mickey Rourke jumping out of the crowd and decking Jericho. And um, it was all kind of tied into that movie, The Wrestler. Mm -hmm. And they, play, they played the trailer of The Wrestler on WrestleMania that year before the match. Mm -hmm. And if anybody knows that trailer, the first thing you hear is my voice. You know, right. so I wasn't there physically. I didn't record anything for WrestleMania. But in a small kind of way, if you watched WrestleMania that year, or if you have the DVD of that year's Mania, or whatever, you were in the arena, you kind of heard my voice at the very beginning of the trailer of The Wrestler. So, right. you know, I, I, I guess the easy answer would be like, oh, I want to uh, res uh, announce WrestleMania, but that's, that's really not the case. There is no event that I really long to announce. Mm -hmm. There are venues, there are venues that I really want to get into and be able to say that on my bucket list, I announced in Corrigan Hall, mm -hmm. or I announced in the Tokyo Dome, or I announced, you know what I mean? Like there are venues mm -hmm. that I definitely have on my bucket list, the Barclays Center. You know, I wanna, I wanna ring bells in, in certain venues, but like event, no, I can't say like, oh, I can't wait. I wanna announce Tournament of Survival or Masters of Pain or, or something like that. There's no event that I really have on my bucket list that I wanna announce. I'll get around to them. You know, if, if the promoters know what's right. good for them, they'll they'll have me, especially if it has a legacy, yeah. like something like a Shane Shamrock Memorial Cup or Best of the Best or Tournament of Death, you know, uh, events that have these legacies, they'll, they know it's good for them, they'll get me involved, you know, but no, no, no real one event that I have on my bucket list, but definitely a lot of venues I got to get in. Okay, okay. Awesome. Awesome. It's funny because it's like, you know, a lot of stuff you're saying are questions that I got. And there's like just a bunch of questions because I see more questions going to the chat. But let's let me do because I have a couple of here. So I have a fan tweet. Let's start with this fan tweet for you from Drown Texas. He goes, Mr. Larry Legend, how long have you been an amazing, outstanding ring announcer? And also, what is the one thing you like doing uh, about your profession? Uh, I have been a ring announcer since December 4th, 2002. 
So that's 19 years on December 4th of this year. I would have, I will have celebrated my 20th year as being an announcer. So I've done it for 19 years. And uh, I guess the thing that I like the most about my job is um, being on the ground level of, um, you know, the fan fervor, like, you know, that, that rumble when the title changes hands or that kind of initial pop when the show first starts. Mm -hmm. That was all something that I used to be when I was a super wrestling fan, not in the business. I used to be part of that and chanting. Mm -hmm. Well, now I get to kind of be the maestro that controls that in a small, small way right. to make sure that the sounds that accompany the show are the right sounds, you know? So I guess that's my favorite part is kind of being the, the conductor, the, the music that is, uh, you know, our, our business and what we do. I kind of have a big part in that. The voices right. all do. So, yeah. I love that. I definitely love that. Uh, let's see. So let's go. And I'm going to go all over the place because there's just so much to talk about with you, which is so fascinating. Yeah, so talk about it all. <laughs> actually, let's talk since he's in the chat. Let's talk Chad Spectacular. Okay. Because I know that he's learned so much from you. Uh, you know, and I've talked about this on the podcast with him when I've done the Under the Rope series with him. You know, he's done the Chad Spectacular Sarays, you know, like so Awesome. So tell us how it was working with him. You know, I know that you guys had that show recently at the H2O building. Give us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, Chad is, um, he's great. He's spectacular. Um, and, um, I have gotten a chance to do some really good things with him. I really admire the fact that not only is he trying to do a show, but his shows are always centered around a, a really good cause. Right. Uh, would that be, bringing awareness to mental health uh, or, or wh whatever the case may be, creating a safe space for LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. All of his shows <clears throat> are really fun, very vibrant, and they all have a message. Yeah. And that's something that I think that a lot of shows could stand to have in, in addition to just great matches or, or great talent. Um, so I missed the first Chad Spectacular Soiree. It was right after April Mania. Um, where was that? In Florida. And um, if you guys don't know, a lot of the times I get myself to any show that I do, and I do it by just renting a vehicle. I've been renting vehicles ever since my time with ROH, and that's just the way that I get around. Well, after uh, the pandemic, the dark days, they started like really like hitting you with all these fees. And, you know, full transparency, when I got to the rental place to get my car to make it up to the first soiree, they were like, oh yeah, there are all these new fees and if you don't have them, we're not going to rent to you. So I, I, I sent a message to Chad and told him I was having some personal issues, but it was really just a matter of not being prepared to undertake like that much more expense to go, you know, make this appearance. And I told him that I would make it up to him and I did right. uh, in, in a big way with Chad's spectacular soiree too, pronouns and throwdowns, which is in March. And we had a we had a blast, and um, you know it was once again a really good cause. And he's a real he's a real leader. It was very kind of uh, a, a spectacular thing, pardon the pun, for me to see him <laughs> trying to be uh, the general of right. a show and kind of get all the talent together around the ring, just like Tremont does, and just like other promoters do, and kind of be like going down over how things were going to flow. Um, and to think he's so young, he's so new to the business, like. <laughs> 
that type of ambition is like kind of scary to me because I got involved like when I was 21, but now it's like I'm 40 and I'm seeing all these other like hungry 21 and 22 year olds <laughs> get involved in the business. And in such a shorter amount of time, they're doing way gr bigger things than I was. Yeah. You know, like I said, it took me like five years to even realize there were other, four years to realize there were even other companies. And you have someone like Chad, who's like very new to the business, who's already done two shows and talking to me about his third. Yeah. So it's like, it's very, uh, it was a, he's an admirable individual, but he better not get out of line with me because I showed him at the soiree too that I will give him a Baltimore beatdown and I'll do it again if he gets out of line. <laughs> Just because you graduated, you might have walked across that stage doesn't mean you're too old for another <laughs> pop out. Okay? Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Let me grab a question from the chat. Uh, uh, Faustino. I'm sorry if I say it wrong. I'm so bad at pronouncing names sometimes. He goes, ask Larry if he's ever legitimately been scared by a wrestler starting, starting off the match way too hot before he can even make an announcement. Um, so, yeah. I don't know what event this was. I should find out. Um, it was a CZW event. And the match was like, a four corners something and the participants were were Sabian, the Black Cheese, Sammy Callahan, Adam Cole, and somebody else. I maybe got the Adam Cole part wrong, but it was like four four wrestlers. Mm -hmm. And they each were in the four corners of the uh the ring after I had announced the last person. And Sammy told me in the back, he was like, Yeah, um just be on the lookout because as soon as you get the last name out, I'm just going to charge. I'm just going to charge and start this thing hot, you right. know, so just be on the lookout. So, like, I get out there, and, um, like, literally after the second guy that I announced, Sammy charged, you know, and, like, I was thinking it was going to be all four of them were going to be in the ring, and he, like, charged and, like, um, like, like, shoulder tackled me out of the ring. Oh, man. Like, like literally, like, shoulder tackled me out of the ring, and um, I was really scared because I was like, did I mess up? Did I like, am I like, did I forget what I was supposed to do? Um, or did I hear it wrong or something? And I thought I was going to get yelled at. And I did get yelled at because Jeez was like standing over me like while I was on the ground in the arena. And he was like, you dumb motherfucker. <laughs> and like, I was like, did they just rip me? Or like, did they just like kind of like shoot on me to be like, yo, we're really going to get Larry. Um, so like if anyone is a CZW studio account, I don't remember the match, but I, I swear to you, this was like one of the first bumps or like physicality that I ever experienced too in CZW at least, where like Sammy told me that we were going to start the match one way and it involved him charging, but he told me to wait. And then in the actual moment, it wasn't the time that he said he was going to do it. It was a lot earlier. Right. And because of that, he, he like, he like missled himself into me, uh, shot me out of the ring careen me out of the ring to the floor and then when i get myself together and i'm like holy shit what the fuck there's g's like saying you dumb motherfucker and then like i'm like what just happened so that was a scary moment that was oh, a scary man. moment uh well while i was in the ring with someone also zandig is a very imposing figure if you have never been around uh the ultraviolet icon zandig and not so much now because i know he's he, oh, i guess now he probably still is an imposing figure let me not like <laughs> give myself a trouble but like when I first came to CZW in 05, just as the personal announcer of um, Blackout, he was kind of a scary, like, bikerish kind of, like, 
I don't know the vibe I'm getting from this guy besides, like, I just don't want to fuck with him ever, like, you know, so... I don't want to say I was scared of Zandig, but he was very, very just larger than life, like a huge, imposing, like, the boss, Mm -hmm. you know, like the boss, you know, so, yeah, that was one time I was scared in the ring by a wrestler, Sammy Callahan, go figure. (laughs) Seems like, that's great, that's great. All right, there's so many questions in the chat, but let's start, let's, let's talk ICW before I start hitting up some of those questions, because a lot of those things in the chat are ICW related. Okay, so let's talk, let's talk ICW. So, I mean, we can talk about before, um, you know, I'm going to leave it open so we can talk a little bit about when Jack was running it. And now, like, now we have the no holds barred ICW that Danny DeMonto's been on it. So, like, so it's just, it's so great to see the involvement of icw and i love being supportive of both um and it's just it's just so it's just so crazy so let's talk some of your favorite moments of both or maybe anything you want to talk about like icw as a whole um so i mean i guess i mentioned it already icw was the first company to ever like put my name on like an advertisement and this was like this was like in 2011 so, like, I, I wasn't even Dragon Gate USA yet, or maybe i just become Dragon Gate USA. And um, I had been doing shows with Steve DeAngelis mm-hmm. for the old ICW at the Elks Lodge. And then Jack kind of told me one of the times that he paid me, he was like, I think we're going to go in a different direction and we're going to maybe have you do more, more of these shows. I'm going to talk to Steve about it, but I think that's what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, that's great, but I love Steve. And he's like, yeah, I love him too, but, you know, you're cheaper. Yeah, and Jack will attest to me. That's what he said. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> and he said, he said, you're cheap. You know, and I was like, oh, well, okay. Because I'm, like, kind of starting out at that point, you know. Not really all that known on the scene at all. Um, so I, I became the ICW announcer. And, um, yeah, I'll never forget. It was a poster with, like, Prince Nana, Cold Hearted Player Danny DeMato, Detroit's 27 Homicide, like, all these names, all these names. And then the last name, it said... And Larry Legend, you know, or or, it's a, or no, it said Larry Legend and more exclamation point. And I was like, holy cow! Like, you know, Jack said he wanted to go in this direction, but I didn't know he wanted to go this hard. Yeah, you know, with me being like, you know, an announcer that's featured on the big old school style poster. So that was probably one of the biggest moments in my career mm-hmm. uh, because um, you know Larry Legend uh, was a became. That, that was a CZW, like, deal. Like, when I first was in CZW, I was with Blackout, and I was just called Big Larry K. Yeah. Big Larry K. Well, you know, because Blackout, it's not the full word black, it's just BLK. So my first, like, name on the indies was Big Larry K. And um, when I came back just to be the full-time CZW announcer, was shortly after John Legend had released that, <clears throat> that Ordinary People's song and it was all over the place and I I just um, I I worked at Starbucks at New York City at the time and that album had come out it was an exclusive to Starbucks the John Legend CD and um, whenever I was working at that Starbucks I would would put that CD on intentionally during the busiest times and I remember one time I was going into the Starbucks that I worked at and um, they were really short staffed when I came and one of the supervisors looked up and he saw me walk in and he goes Larry Legend come in to save the day (laughs) <laughs> because they really needed my help. Mm-hmm. And because I always was known for putting the John Legend CD on, I guess he just combined those two names 
And I remember, like, when he said that, I was like, that's cute, Larry Legend. And, like, I was like, ah, oh, that is really cute, Larry Legend, you know? And I was like, wow, I guess that that has a ring to it, you know? Larry Legend, LL, LL Cool J. And, like, you know, and also, like, there's John Legend who's out right now, and he's, like, all the business, you know? So I didn't have a plan to eventually christen myself Larry Legend. But when DJ Hyde and Maven Bentley approached me about taking over CZW as the full-time announcer, I was like, hey, the last time I was there, I was kind of the blackout guy. Mm -hmm. Well, I should probably do something to make myself my own guy. Still kind of be like blackout affiliated, but now I'm my own guy. Right. And I was thinking that Larry Legend, since I thought that name rang bell so much, I was going to christen myself as that. So for me to have become Larry Legend in CZW and then have another indie in New York, a New York-based indie be like, Larry Legend. It was like, that was a huge thing for me. Like, that kind of meant that I was on. Like, I'm on, you know? To me, it signified that. So, um, that, doing the shows that lasted past midnight was like a, a thing that I'd never, I'd heard about, but it wasn't until I started working Jack shows in the Elks Lodge um, that I experienced like starting a match at midnight, Homicide versus um, Two Gold Scorpio. Like, we literally started the intros at midnight. Right, right. And, you know, those guys, they're like 15, 20-year vets. Yeah. So, you know, at the time, so they ain't doing no quick thing. So I remember we didn't, I didn't get home that night until like 2.30 or maybe even 3, living in the Bronx. Yeah, wow. But, yeah, those. Um, and then also just kind of the birth right. of the new CW, No Holds Bar. Yeah. And to have been able to say that, I am now going into my second decade. Like, I've already got a decade of ICW underneath my belt, you know, having them first be the company to put me on a, on a flyer, on a poster. And now I'm here for the new ICW. And it's like I got all these graphics, like, showing my face, not just my name, but now it's like the main event patch, package, Ron Mimi, The Struggles, and Larry Legend. Like, yeah. so it's like, it's like, that's huge to me. That's huge to me. And it's it's also kind of significant because, like, there is no CZW anymore, really, you know? And it's like, at least if, like, you know, that version of CZW is dead, my legacy as being this entity known as Larry Legend first started in CZW and, now, and has now eclipsed even that company and can go on and on and on and on and on, you know, so. Right. You know, yeah, those those things, like being first featured on something, like doing these shows that were marathons and um, still being a thing, still being an ICW guy, like, to the core. Right. Even though I'm in a violence and suffering shirt, you know, right now. <laughs> Um, you know, being an ICW guy to the core is like huge to me. You yeah. know, that's that's part of what makes you a legend. It doesn't make you a legend to like be doing the most. It makes you like a legend to like consistently be the guy that you associate with a brand. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and the first time that I met Kevin Steen, not Kevin Owens, but Kevin Steen, it was like, uh, you're uh, the CZW guy, right? And I was like, you know what? I am. You know, <laughs> like there that. have been times in my life where it's like, ah, oh, you're, you're you're the ROH guy, right? And I'm like, I, I am. You know, and I've had my my cup of coffee in a couple different in a number of companies, but I'm going on my second, my twenty, my, into my, you know, next ten years. 
with ICW no holds barred to the point that <coughs> I can even say that I've seen the company evolve into something totally different right. than when I first got involved, you know? So that's huge. It's, it's great for wrestling in general. If you look at it as, as a whole, as the indies, and like I said, well, that's why it's the Indie Wrestling Corner, because I love the indies. And, uh, you know, we get to talk about everything with the indies, and there's like a million promotions out there, and you've worked a whole shitload of promotions, which is, yeah. which, is so, which is so awesome. But let me get some of these questions into the chat. Brad wants to know, who is your favorite Kirk, Brandon or Casey? make you sweat a little bit <laughs> yeah for, like literally now like um yeah i guess i guess oh that's hard i guess uh i guess i get along with casey more actually because casey and i um we go back before icw actually right. uh, there's one point where casey and i were both kind of like on a trajectory to like go into wwe um, you know, this is like 2017, and uh, we both kind of did a couple gigs for WWE together. Mm -hmm. And you know, I don't know if you know about what it's like when you're not like a member of WWE, but you're trying to get in. But it's very like kind of like it's very angsty. It's not. It's anxiety. It's nothing nice. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, while I was back there, probably trying to stay out of the way you know that beats you like in everybody's face you know casey came up to me and she was like hey you're, you're from uh you're from nywc right and i'm like oh yeah she's like that's where i trained from and i'm like oh cool right on well i'm glad to see you here what are you doing and she's like i don't know i think they're gonna do something with me and asuka and i was like oh that's fucking awesome like well are you ready and she was like you know we just kind of like chatted it a little bit and um you know that night she did go out and fight asuka and get the car beat out of her and i remember like the doctor taking care of her in the back and like these huge bruises on her neck <laughs> and i remember saying to her like uh wow girl you you did that like and she was like yeah i know i'm feeling it now and uh you know we subsequently went on to norfolk the next night for another uh you know wwe tryout extra work whatever you want to call it and she was like limping and all banged up you know because when oscar first came into wwe she wasn't to be played with like she was very stiff very like you know whatever you know yeah. um and, I, and so casey and i go back a little bit further and a little bit deeper because we can share that then brandon and i i don't have any stories like that with brandon <laughs> i met brandon when i started doing jcw which eventually became gcw and he was like kind of a kind of like a, a, a well danny demonto is the one who's really the conduit for me to do a lot uh post my czw career and I remember there were two guys that Danny told me to watch out for that were his guys, and they were Jeff Cannonball and Brandon Kirk. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll tell you this much. I've never actually seen Brandon Kirk in a bad match. Like, I've never, like, announced him in a bad yeah. match, like, that I, that I can think about, you know? But I don't have a story like that with him, you know, uh, that I have with Casey. So I guess Casey's my favorite Kirk. Like, <laughs> we, go back to, we go back to the Casey Catal days, yes. okay? That's a long time before Brandon Kirk came into the situation. So, yeah, Casey's my favorite Kirk. Brandon, you got to start making some damn moments around here with Larry, like, seriously. Yeah, you got to come hang out. Hang out with me in Baltimore. We can walk down the harbor together. I love it. Captain Dave's in the chat. What's up, Scott? Captain Dave. 
Always wishing everybody a happy birthday. I love you for that, Captain. <laughs> Sky's in the chat. What's going on? Uh, Colton says, Larry, who do you think is the next guy up in ICW? The next guy up in? Yeah. The next guy up in ICW? Well, I mean, the Bev's been doing some real, I mean, the Bev's, have, you know, I don't I, Probably the Bev. Like, I mean, you know, he's got Casanova Valentine at the next New York show. No Holds Bar 26. And, you know, I, I I like Bev. I like his vibe. He's keeping that 440 flag raised high, you know. Um, so I look for big things out of him, you know. So mm -hmm. I guess I go with, I guess I'd go with the Bev. The, e the beverage, if you will. I love that. I love that. All right. Give us a little bit about a pr your preparation before you go out and ring announce. Well, I usually, uh, well, it depends. It depends on how much time I have, and mm -hmm. I usually don't have a lot of time. Um, but the prep involves, uh, like, hot tea, you know, preferably green tea. Might be from 7-Eleven, might be from Royal Farms, might be from somewhere fancy like Starbucks. Ooh. But I try to find, like, big hot green tea, and I more or less... Uh, with honey, I more or less nurse that all the way until it's time to go. Oh. I also smoke, as a lot of you know, I'm not proud of it, but I do. And um, after I'm all dolled up, and I've taken a picture of the lineup, and I'm, I'm sure that I know what is first and how it's supposed to start first, I'll probably go outside and smoke a little bit before it's time to go out there and kick off whatever show. Mm -hmm. um, so, those things are pretty much the last two things that I do. I make sure I have my hot tea. Sometimes it's a situation where I'm like really, really rushing and I don't even have time to stop at like a gas station for tea and honey. So I just have like a Fiji water or just some kind of water with me or some kind of drink. Because you all know that I give my all. Yeah. It's not, it's not a good thing to smoke, but it's a, it is a habit that I have. So I got to make sure that my pipes are nice and lubricated the entire <laughs> event so that... You know, I'm able to kick it off in grand fashion and close it out in grander flash fashion. So mm -hmm. it's pretty much my ritual before I go on out there. Okay, I like that. All right, another thing I would definitely want to talk about with you, which is fun. And actually, I talked about it when Dylan McKay came back on the podcast recently. Let's talk Mass Wrestler because this has been such a fun you know, product on the IWTV app to watch. Um, you know, I love watching like social media and people trying to guess who it is. And, you know, so this time it was at the H2O building, which was really cool. So talk to us a little bit about that experience. Yeah, well, it, um, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's just awesome to do like uh, a show. It's just, I, it, okay. And I, I guess I always do shows, but you know, the masked wrestler is very much adjacent to the masked singer. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know, I am a huge Nick Cannon mark. Okay, I don't know him. I only met him once. Uh, but like, So I'm not talking about the person behind the, the host. But as far as Wild and Out and the masked singer and all that stuff that he does, I love Nick Cannon's swag. I love his style. Um, so... To me, it's like I'm kind of like the, the wrestling Nick Cannon by doing that show, um, you know, and it's no, uh, you know, kind of it doesn't it doesn't pass me that we both are African-American and we both are very stylish, you know, and both are kind of like, uh, you know, humorous hosts that kind of keep everything, you know, going until we go to the commercial. So 
it's awesome to like have someone that I admire, like Nick Cannon, who's doing his thing on a way bigger level than I am, admittedly right. so, but still kind of to be in my own little bubble, my own little niche, and to kind of be able to be like, oh yeah, you know, the mass threat, the mass singer, yeah, I do the mass wrestler, I'm the host of that, you know? So it's just, it's great to do a show. It's great that there's a platform like the, that, like IWTV, that doesn't just show like events, but also has like, you know, the life of right. the mass wrestler so and just content for us wrestling fans to like binge one rainy day or when we're ill, you know, I can go through all of these and, and kind of do that like you do other other kind of media that's out there, like Game of Thrones. You can do that now with a show like The Masked Wrestler or Uncharted Territory. And right. I think that things like that are, those are, <laughs> honestly, if I could map out the next 10 years for me, my career would be more doing productions like The Masked Wrestler. Oh. It would be more like doing like um, event center, event center hosting, like, uh, you know, more like akin to what Peter Rosenberg you know, and all those guys do on WWE before the show. Like, that kind of, like, paneling, hosting, welcome, as opposed to, he is the bird, boy! Because, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, I got I got Chad Spectacular, I got J-Rose, you know, you got the one and only MLJ. It's enough announcers out there, you it's know? Lot, like, yeah. I'm not saying that I, I never want to announce again, but, you know... 20 years of it, I'd love to grow into a different type of role where I'm doing more like hosting duties, like Nick Cannon as opposed to Little Boy Blue Come Blow Your Horn. You know, <laughs> which, is, which is really kind of in the last 20 years for you, as good as it feels. Uh, Larry, Larry. <laughs> I give my all, so a lot of times at the shows, I'm spent. You know, I'm really yeah. tired. You know, so if I can find a way, and I'm not trying to say that mass wrestler is easy money because we did a lot of work for that it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't easy you know it was grueling two days you know um but i'd love to be able to get more bags that were kind of like the like all right show up to the set at 9 a.m you know like, yeah, like yeah. you know like, and then at five o'clock we're done you know come back the next day as opposed to like you know tennessee drives vegas flights boston drives you know like that's yeah. That's good. I love That's that. good for birds, you know. I love what I do, and I know that everyone's expecting me. But after a while, you're just like, oh my god, whatever. Ed, <laughs> you know? I, I I love the mass wrestler, and also I love um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I love um, I, the, you're right. When the mass wrestler was on Twitter, is going nuts. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I feel that I'm kind of a part of that. And, and if you're a panelist on the mass wrestler, or you're one of the individuals that gets revealed as the mass wrestler. You kind of get that little spike. Yeah. In your in your social media attention, your 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 internet clout, if you will. So, me, I feel a lot of that throughout the entire season because I'm the host, you right. know. So it it, it, it feels good. Like it, it felt really good uh, being the lead in to Dynamite when when you know Twitter wrestling Twitter was percolating in anticipation for what they were going to see on Dynamite. Oh, that's wrestlers on first. Percolate, 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 and then, you know, mm-hmm. more media all day long. So it, <laughs> it, it's great. I love it. And I'm looking forward to season three, which I foreshadowed. If you didn't watch this past season, I already foreshadowed it because I love it that much. I'll be the first one. I went into business for myself. That wasn't no, that wasn't anything that I was told to say. I was like, you'll have to wait for season three. Like, I, you know, I, I, wanted, I, wanted, to keep going. 
I want there to be a whole other season of The Mass Wrestler. It's that fun. And, um, yeah, I, I'm just glad everyone has embraced it and, and likes it as much as they do. And, yeah. you know, it's an award-winning show, award-winning original series, IWTV. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's Yay, great. It's short. <laughs> it's great. It's short, you know, like you get one match. Yes. You know, so oh it's... Oh, my gosh, yes. If you're... Well, you got the three-hour juggernauts and shows that go, like I mentioned, the midnight... Get your nice little 27 minutes of like, bingo, bango, we're done. Yeah, that's so good. Well, let me go off yeah. to this uh, fan tweet because it interacts with the, the Masked Wrestler. So Good Cop, okay. Bad Cop said, I love Masked Wrestler. So if you had to be one of the Masked Wrestlers, what would your gimmick and name be? Oh, wow, that's a good one. <laughs> uh, well, if I had to be a Masked Wrestler, I mean, everything is so creative and kind of draws on a little bit of what the wrestlers are, are about. Well, I'm, I'm really into horror. You know, everybody knows that I, I well, maybe everybody doesn't know, but I'm, I'm really into, into like, you know, slashers, 80 slashers and, and horror stuff. So I guess in uh, the legacy of like, you know, the Leatherfaces and the Freddies, you know, of, uh, of Wing, I'd probably try to be some sort of like grotesque masked, uh, you know, maniac, you know, uh, uh, maybe that would be it, the masked maniac, although I think I'd probably have to, answer to you know whoever frank goodman or whoever but <laughs> something like that that would draw on like what i could really get into which yeah. is like you know elements of horror and gore mm -hmm. uh if i even had a say in that because i really don't know I'm, i mean you know even though i'm the mc and the announcer and the host i really am not in on like how things are put together so i don't even know if those if the mass wrestlers got to say if ralph you know or or you know wallflower or if that was just kind of like right you know the the production crew that put that all together. No, you really have to. Know, you have to be the host, and you have to wrestle. <laughs> oh, wow! Hey. Many hats. I don't know that, that. Hey, I mean, I am trained. <laughs> imagine, imagine if I'm revealed to be under the. That would wow. That would be amazing. <laughs> hey. I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit on that one. But uh, that would be. That would take. That would be a turn. That would be a turn. No one would be expecting. Yes. Just when you thought you knew, you did it. <laughs> like for me. Larry Legend. That's right. I was under the mask. Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine that aftermath of it? Like just like interviewing yourself, pretty much. Yeah. Oh my God. Jackie, you're, wow. You're. Let's, okay. Moving on. <laughs> Okay, let me do this other fan tweet here. Okay, Good All Cop, right. Bad Cop says, with Larry Legend being an anagram of gallery nerd, what or whose artwork makes you nerd out? If I were in a what? <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> he loves to mess with everybody. He goes, okay, so he loves doing anagram questions on this podcast. So he said, with Larry Legend being an anagram of gallery nerd, what or whose artwork makes you nerd out? Um, I guess uh, I, I, I nerd out for Lee Moriarty's artwork. 
Um, like, if you want to keep it, like, in the realm of wrestling, um, I got a, I got a buddy, uh, called Meek Brilly. Like, I, I nerd out for his artwork. I'll, I'll, I'll share it. And, and anybody who does fan art of myself, I mean, I'm, I got an ego. So, um, yeah, I guess, uh, I can't really, like, name any art. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Uh, we'll take that uh, though. We'll take that. <laughs> how, about, uh, how about uh De La Vega? There you go. There you yeah. go. I uh, nerd up I nerd up for De La Vega's artwork. <laughs> All right, next fan tweet is from Carl. He wants to know why are you so beautiful? <laughs> I mean I guess my mom made me that way and my dad oh my had God. to have a little bit of a part in it as well. Um and and, and it, You've ever heard me before? I always, I always take it back to my mama. You know, a lot of the qualities that you uh, like about me, it's all uh, from from my rearing and just kind of like learning to be a genuine, good person uh, and be be honest uh, from her. So, thank you. And that's 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 where I get it from. <laughs> I love that. My goddaughter says that to me when I go, "Why are you so cute?" She's like, "I was just born that way." <laughs> I mean, hey, you know, I'm being honest. No, I love it. I love it. All right, let me grab a question in the in the chat. Uh, Faustino says, "What is Larry's wind down after a good show?" Uh, probably, probably chiefing with a you know with a circle of um of 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 friends, chiefing with a circle of friends. And uh, I'm not going to name any names, but if you know me and you know what I like to do after a show, there's usually a couple circles, you know, that are formed uh, by a couple individuals. So that's the way that I like to wind down um, before I usually drive, you know, three or four or however many hours back home. Um, I stay I stay in I stay in some cities sometimes just because it's safer. Um, like if I've driven like over five hours, I don't want to drive five hours after doing a three hour show. Um, but a lot of the times my unwinding is uh, just in a circle cheating with my comrades. Awesome. Okay, let's see. All right, let's go to a bunch of these. There were so many fan tweets from John. Shout out to you. He goes, what are some, <laughs> he goes, what are some favorite things whispered to you while you're in the ring waiting? And by who? <laughs> uh, Justin Kyle. Uh, comes up to me in Boston at the last ICW No Holds Barred and he whispered to me, I love you. Um, Dale Patrick's will often mouth, I love you, to Aww. me when he comes into the ring before I do the intro. Um, uh, kind of like that story I told earlier about Sammy telling me that, you know, like there will be times where right before the main event, I need to know like, oh, this is about to happen. And you don't even know it because you just were out here. So, you know, those are some of my favorite things whispered because they make sure that I'm safe, you know, and I won't, you know, mention it. But you know, a lot of times if you watch, if the camera's on, you'll see uh, there are a lot of things that are said between myself and Ref SPO, Sean Patrick O'Brien. We have some fun exchanges. Uh, I get along with, like, all the refs. So those are some, some fun whispered conversations. But I Love You is one that I get a lot. Aww. And uh, I, I – I, the that's one of some of my favorite things that are whispered to me. That was a fun question. Definitely was yeah. fun. Um, his next one is something you would like to see more of in people's introductions or entrances. 
Um, okay, so, you know, um, some guys that I approach and I'm like, um, how are you intro They, like, will be like, you know, I'm not going <laughs> to... I never, I never like, say an age that I want to, like, get myself a key. But, like, they'll be like, you know, um, you know, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 252, this guy. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, that's all you want me to say? And it's, like, easy, easier for me. But I like it when the guys have, like things to kind of like that the announcer or the MC can kind of build to for example uh nick wayne okay nick Mm -hmm. wayne is uh you know from seattle washington Mm -hmm. and in his intro he ensures that the announcer says he is the son of pacific northwest pro wrestling legend buddy wayne nick wayne yeah i like when people have things like that for the announcer to say I like announcing Akira as the goddamn motherfucking death samurai Akira. I, I like when the guys take that personal kind of care of what they are presenting. The human meat grinder, Schlack, public animal number one, you know, the cold-hearted player. Like, those things, I think, don't do anything but add to the overall what we're doing. I think that those things go with the music that you know, a wrestler chooses to come down to the ring. And it it kind of, to me, is a gift and, and a curse because then sometimes you'll get, like... <laughs> you sometimes then come across wrestlers who want you to, like, kind of, like, say, like, a bunch of stuff, but then they're really... It doesn't really add anything to, like, anything besides them just, like, wanting to hear you say a bunch of stuff. Right. So, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I kind of... Um, David Starr's intro um, was a little much for me. Mm -hmm. And um, I got it with what he was going for. But like as an announcer, I've got a lot of things that I need to announce all night long. And you're not always the main event. So um, I remember at Spring Break 2, like, I, I did his intro, and, like, um, I only did a few of those things. I don't, I don't even remember all of them. And, like, he, like, got on the microphone, and he goes, hold on, Larry, hold on, Larry. We all love Larry, don't we? And everyone's like, yeah, we love Larry. He's like, but if this is spring break, too, and I'm fighting Mike Quackenbush, I need all of my things said. And, like, then he proceeded to, like, say all of his, you know, I don't know, the cup of coffee. I don't remember that stuff, like. Yeah. And I'm like, man, come on. Like, there's a long show to go. And, you know, when I would do that for Ruckus, the Jake the Snake of getting baked, the Teddy Long of hitting the ball, you know, the Vinnie Mac of the dime sack, all that stuff rhymed and kind of, like, lent itself to, like, hip-hop and weed. So, like, I got it. But, like, come on, man. You're just saying all this stuff. He's really good at Twitter. Like, this is really just, like... I'm wasting my voice, and I announce Janela versus, you know, the great Sasuke at the main event. Like, mm-hmm. so, it's a gift and a curse, because I like that when done right. Mm-hmm. The Duke hardcore John Wayne Murdoch, you know, whatever. Um, but then sometimes it can go it can go a little crazy. So right, right. that's one thing that I wish that guys would do, is give give your MC, give your announcer more. As long as it's 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 it pops, bro. Don't just be saying a whole bunch of stuff to say a whole bunch of stuff. Like this fits with who you are. It gives you goosebumps before you go into battle, but not just like a whole bunch of bunch of fall to all. Right, right. I get that. No, I totally get that. Um, 
Damn, he gave so many questions. I'm going to eliminate some of them. But he wants you to answer. He goes, no copping out. Pazuzu or blackout? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got to be blackout because, you know, uh, Pazuzu kicked me out. You know, if you know the entire narrative of my time with Pazuzu, like, Pinky, like, excommunicated me on his own. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when, uh, that was the whole part of why I came back for Uncharted Territory Season 2 with uh, Chuck O'Neill and Dom Greeny and Kevin Koo to form Legit Legends. Because, like, you know, they kick, they attacked, they kicked me out and, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, it was, like, basically, like, um, Ruckus met me and saw, like, how I could be a, a good feature of the Blackout group, the, the label that the stable... And it was kind of like all of the Pazuzu guys really didn't want me there, I felt like. Like, I feel like that all of them saw that I was a addition to the overall package, but my real cheerleader was Pinky Sanchez. Pinky yeah. is the one who even told me about everything right. uh, with Beyond, honestly. So he was really kind of the one that went hard for me. And I guess it made sense that he was the one to take me out. Um, but yeah, I gotta go with Blackout, bro, because I'm I still I still go hard for Kingston and Hell yeah. Rockets and Robbie Marino and you know, all of the members of Blackout. So definitely blackout on that one, cuz <laughs> I love that. <laughs> okay, so we gotta talk about the obvious. Let's talk about the big juicy hot dog. <laughs> Let's address the juicy hot dog in the room. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to tell you one thing about the juicy hot dog. It is it is humorous, but guess what? Like I typically sell hot dogs out. Like and I, and who knows? Maybe they would have sold out regardless. Maybe right. they would have sold out regardless. But I have on several occasions had like the guy or the people who were supplying the hot dogs like come up to me and go, hey man, thanks for helping us sell out those hot dogs. And I'm like, oh, you sold them out? They're like, hell yeah. After you started talking about eating them, people just started coming over. Like, and I'm like, well, great, you know? So (laughs) as as funny as as it is, I'm also like, I'm kind of doing my job there, making sure that the vendors are are making making money, making sure that the fans are eating and, and hopefully laughing while they're eating. Because they're thinking about how I'm talking about putting that meat in between your lips and how that kind of is funny um, at a death match or whatever show. So, yeah, yeah, the, the hot dogs is uh, the hot dogs is awesome. And I, I, I've actually found out that if I don't, if I do not, if I do not say anything about the hot dogs, I will get like. People will be like, we want to hear about the hot dogs, Larry. Like, there are no hot dogs here. Like, I don't, I can't talk about it if they're not here. Like, they got popcorn and chips, you know, some places and popcorn and chips is all they have. So, you know, it's like, as much as we all would love Juicy Plump Franks every event, they're not always there. So if they're not there, I'm not going to talk about them. But, um... Yeah, I I, I, uh, I love having fun. I love what I do. And if something like me advertising food is a fun <laughs> part for people, 
I'm doing it. You know? It's expected. It just so happens that a hot dog lends itself to kind of being like, what is this guy talking about right now? Like, like, the way he's describing it is like, is he really talking about a hot dog? Like, you know? And I'll just leave that at this. If you know, you know. You know. Here, I got a funny story for you, because when Chad Spectacular came on the podcast and we were talking about him, uh, he was talking about uh, Slim Jims. He's like, come get your Slim Jims. So every time I started going to H2O, I started messing with it. I'm like, Slim Jims. So when he came on the pod and we start talking about the Slim Jims, he goes, well, he goes, Larry told me you have to find your juicy hot dog. had to find that is because he's Chad Spectacular, okay? <laughs> and if you're going to be Chad Spectacular, well, then you've got to be on the level or in the footsteps of Larry Legend. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, kind of like you have your your uh, your your style, you have your presentation, but right. since I already have something that's kind of like caught on yeah. and is a, a, a part of the show that everyone loves... You gotta find something too yeah. that is like your steal. That can have to be food. It didn't have to be something at the concession stand, but that's a great thing because you're doing your job and you're right. selling. Right. You know, so that's kind of like I said. Like a lot of the time, the vendors will come up to me and they'll they'll thank me for doing it for like having fun. They'll thank me for having fun, and a lot of times they'll give me a juicy hot dog that I can shove in my mouth right then and there. <laughs> I love it. Oh yeah, the the, the vendors at the uh, bloodshed. Mm-hmm. Oh god, they used to stuff me. <laughs> used to stuff me every show with what, whatever they had because a lot of it had all been consumed. Whatever they could have, they'd be like, "Here, take this, take this." We made our we made our night men some. All you talking about a hot dog? I, <laughs> you know? so. I love that. Uh, Matt's in the chat. What's up? How are ya, Nick Papa G? Yeah. Nick says Nick Papa G says thanks for the house, bud. I love it. I love it. Nick Papa G, a classic ball breaker. <laughs> I miss you too, Nick. I missed you in Maryland. I heard you you dipped your toe into that MCW a second time not too long ago. I missed you being down here. I'll see you another time. Uh, Papa G. I love him. All right, let's focus on some positivity here. Then I'll grab a couple more out of the chat. All right, so obviously, you know, there's so much damn negative in the world of social. You know, if you listen to me, I'm very big on wrestling with positivity. All right. Is there anything that sticks out to you that you could share with us? Maybe something like a wrestler's done for you. Maybe you done for, you know, a wrestler. Maybe something a fan's done for you. Maybe you, you know, something you done for a fan. Something particular that we wouldn't really know about unless obviously we're asking you about it that you can share. Something that I witnessed someone do. Or, or something I, you've or done, done. You know, like maybe it's about you. Maybe you witnessed something or... Uh, usually, like, I kind of try to have it for something related with you. Trying to think. I guess uh, I guess uh, not too long ago, I was in an MCW show. I was in an MCW show that was in uh, Maryland. And, uh, you know, a wrestler came out, and uh, he was a heel. And he did one of those things where you, like, lunge at the crowd. And when he lunged at the crowd, there was, like, a nine-year-old boy who got so frightened by that little lunge that he actually started crying right there in the crowd. Um, and I went up to him and I said, are you okay? And he said, no. And he was like, so just, just bawling. And I was like, what, what happened? And he goes, he cussed at me. You know, and I was like, what? And he was like, he cussed at me. And he was pointing at uh, the heel that was getting in the ring. And I was like, oh, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see about that because if he cussed at you, that's not what he's supposed to be doing. 
And the kid was like, yeah. And I could kind of tell that he was a little calm, calming down because I was talking to him. I was right. talking him out of his tears. Um, so after the show, or after that match, I went right to the back, and I said, yo, you guys made this kid cry out there. And not even the heel wrestler, but his manager was like, who, 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 who does it? Who did, who, we made who cry? And I was like, there's a kid that's like right along the barricade. And as you guys came out, Pat like lunged at him like he was going to get him. And like he just burst out crying because I guess he thought he was really going to come after him. And the manager, who was a bad guy, Andy Weinberg, is who I'm speaking in regards to, he was like, show, show me the kid. And I pointed out of the crowd to him. And he came out in his rainbow colored blazer. And he walked right over to the kid. And he walked over to security and goes, hey, I, hey, I need y'all to bring him back here right now. And the security was like, the kid? And they're like, yeah, yeah, right now. Just bring him back. And Andy like walked to the back. And they brought the kid to the back. And of course, as soon as the kid gets beyond the curtain, he's like looking left and looking right because there are all of the stars of the MCW show that night in the back, you know, pumping up, spraying themselves down. And he's like, tears are gone by now. He's like totally bewildered, like, oh my gosh, I'm in the back. Yeah. And um, Andy Weinberg kind of took him to a hallway so he could be out of the flow of like, you know, wrestlers getting ready to enter and talking over stuff that we really don't want him hearing about. Uh, but um, he took him into the, the corner and he was like, hey, 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 man, you, you, you said my, my guy cussed at you? And the kid was like, yeah, he cussed at me. And he's like, hold on, well, my guys don't cuss. But just because you told me that he did, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to find him tonight because I'm his manager. And all the money that he makes tonight, it goes through me. So tonight, just for him cussing at you, I'm going to find him half the money that he makes tonight, all right? You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to get him to come out here and sign something for you. And at this point, the kid is just like, you know, joyous. Right. Like, forget about everything that happened. Forget about probably starting to cry. And the tears probably were from the fact that he was embarrassed that he started to cry. And he was kind of a bigger a bigger boy, you mm-hmm. know, but like, mm-hmm. so you got a 300-pound monster lunging at you. And, uh, you know, it, it, we turned that into, like, uh, you know, kind of a a, a a moment of a lifetime. I mean, I had to, I was like 21 before I ever made it backstage in any show. Yeah. You know, but here's a nine-year-old that kind of like the, you know, just to turn that around. Uh, it was it was one of the most positive and powerful and and, and loving things that I witnessed uh, over the Aww. past few years. So, I love that. Was, See. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's and we gotta uh, spread the positivity around here. You know, like yeah. <laughs> so much negative. I mean, I'm all about the positivity here but that's such a beautiful story thank you for sharing that with us i really love that all those negative stories <laughs> with, with, with positive exactly they do exist there there is that's why i mean like that's very important on this 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 podcast it's very important to me that we share these moments you know um all right let me grab some questions into the chat and then i'll do like maybe like two of my questions because you guys are amazing uh brad wants to know can you tell us about the shoes you always have the greatest shoes yeah well thank you brad and i guess um I mean, the, the 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 easiest the easiest answer is like, hey, if you're gonna go by Larry Legend, then you gotta be looking legendary, right? Okay, and and I've said that to Chad, spectacular. I'm like, look, man, if you're gonna be going by Chad, spectacular, then you can never really give anyone an inch to breathe and be like, oh, well, that's not so spectacular, <laughs> because then it's kind of like you gotta find yourself defending yourself and. I guess Chad's gonna learn this the way that I've learned it, but there have been a, there have been a few times where after the show I've seen pictures of myself um, where I've been like, oh, yeah, it really doesn't look the most legendary, you know, <laughs> right there. Like, um, there have been times, you know, where 
maybe I had three shows in a weekend and I wasn't able to like, you know, have three separate pairs of slacks. So like, you know, just in traveling to get to the show, my clothes kind of took a beating. And then because like, I really didn't have the means to like press my clothes right there. Like I just didn't look a hundred percent. So in, in that regard, I take, pay very close attention to like always having something that is like bedazzled or, or, or legendary or just like, oh man, those, like, you know, I get so many people that are like, oh, those shoes, those shoes. Oh, 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 well, that's part of the legendary moniker. Like I can't not get that or else what am I, why would I go by Larry Legend? I would just be Big Larry K again. You know, Big Larry K used to come out with Blackout in like kind of, uh, you know, hoodies and, you know, very like urban wear, you know, like, but that's not legendary to me. It's not, you know, but when you have like the, you know, the Gucci loafers or whatever, you know, and, you know, whatever, you know, the, to add to, wow, this guy is what he says he is. He is legend. You know, that's that's yeah. where, that's where that goes. But I, I'll tell you, I go to a lot of different places. Quails Menswear of uh, Freehold, in Freehold Mall. There's a couple different Quails. There's also one in Staten Island Mall. Mm -hmm. um, and those are. Uh, I had a friend that used to call those the drug dealer stores. So you take that for whatever it is. I call them prom stores. Like you know, they really are like kind of like a destination for people that are doing their prom. And I get a lot of my accoutrements, a lot of my blazers and ideas I get from places like that. So. So awesome. The shoes, is, the shoes is, is on point every single time. They gotta be. Gotta gotta look like a million bucks. Love it. Love it. Legendary. <laughs> legendary. Yeah. Uh, Which brings to violence and suffering. And what a funny thing about violence and suffering, they specifically request that I dress down. Really? Oh yeah. Well, I mean if you if you follow if mm -hmm. you follow violence, you, yeah. suffering, you know, violence and suffering, I'm in like a jersey, mm -hmm. like a Michael Vick jersey, a Larry Bird jersey, and that's I call that the J Rose, right. you know, or, mm -hmm. or or the Emerald J, which is just kind of like wearing like something. But um, yeah, I I I only think I dressed like a legend the first VXS show ever. I think the only time I ever dressed like a legend that I was actually Larry Legend was the first VXS show ever. At any other VXS show I've done, I've kind of been kind of like, you know, dressed dressed a little bit more for the track. Because, you know, right. that's what VXS is. That's trap house wrestling. Right, right, right. You know? so, so, you know, we really don't want, you know, a tuxedo. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't really don't want the, the, the bedazzled, sparkling. We want we want that gully, grimy, more like Urban Wrestling Federation, right. Larry. So, right. you know, for, for VXS this past weekend. And, uh, Oops. Sorry, <laughs> VXS, they're with the bun. It's okay, I got more. Uh, for VXS this past weekend, and, um, Las Vegas, you know, I did the Celtics jersey and like my Price is Right shorts. I wore, I wore the sh shorts that I won the Price is Right in. Yeah. I have those shorts. They're like, what am I? Because I wanted to get lucky in Vegas. I wanted to win. You know, I wanted to win, you know, big, you know. Um, so I wore my lucky Price is Right shorts and my Larry Bird jersey. Everybody knows Larry Bird is also known as Larry Legend and, you know, a bucket hat and some Celtic socks. But, it, you know, it really wasn't, it really wasn't, you wouldn't have been talking about my shoes at VXS because they really were just, you know, Nikes, you know. Right. Um, so it's just interesting that you bring that up. And I gave that answer about being always looking legendary. But I'm wearing a VXS shirt where they actually say, <laughs> hey, be a little bit more urban legend. 
as opposed to Larry Legend. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm for that. That's pretty cool. It's really awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's just see another question. Steve wants in chat. He goes, is Larry involved in the Eat the Turnbuckle documentary? Yes, indeed, I am. I am involved in the Eat the Turnbuckle documentary. And uh, my history with Eat the Turnbuckle is uh, story and schlack has never forgotten my involvement in that from before, like, they were even really wrestling. Right. Um, you know, we go way, way back. And I have always, I have always lent my voice to that, uh, Eat the Turnbuckle upon Schlatt's request. And yeah, I'm involved in it. And it is going to be <laughs> legendary. <laughs> really, really cool. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to wind down to two questions that we're going to talk about what's coming up. So I huh. much love to everybody into the chat. Roll your questions. Okay. So what's some things you like to do when you're not in the squared circle? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I drink. I like to drink coffee. I like going to coffee shops. I like coffee a lot. I enjoy coffee. Um, and yeah, nothing really else. I mean, I don't. I don't really like the movies anymore. Um, it's kind of dangerous. Just like going out. <laughs> now you know and i also like don't want people to recognize me so i don't really do much of anything anymore i'm not in new yorker anymore i live in baltimore ever since my time with ring of honor i'm back in baltimore i'm a baltimorean again um and baltimore is just like not new york i'm sure if i was still in new york i'd have a lot more kind of like things that i'd say i like to do but i really don't i really don't do that much okay i don't play video games anymore because i think that the replay value is just like it's not what it once was, you know, they just want my money, uh, hang out with the few friends that I have, but mostly I find that my friends are like the people that I do the shows with because that's what I care about doing the most. So I'm giving like all of myself for that project like they are. So those become like my best friends. Mm -hmm. That's why I look so forward to shows. Like it's almost like my actual friends are being replaced by all of the people in the wrestling industry mm -hmm. and one of the benefits of that is that we don't have to always be up under one another and in each other's space mm -hmm. so it's a lot more genuine when we do get to spend a little bit of time and jokes and smokes and things like that with one another because it's sparing right um oh so, yeah i don't i don't really do a lot okay that's okay um, yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's wind down to this final question for you, and then again, we'll get into everything coming up. All right, so what's a piece of advice that you would give, you know, the amateur inspired, you know, people trying to get into the business? You know, don't set any expectations for what it is that you're going to get out of it. Everybody's going to get involved in the business with some sort of like, I'm going to be Jeff Hardy, or I'm going to be Stone Cold. But, you know, that's not necessarily the path that the universe has for you. Um, and I, even myself, you know, as I've kind of butted into a pro wrestling ring announcer, like there's still other goals that I have uh, in the business at large. 
and I will achieve those goals by, you know, learning along the way. But you see, sometimes when it looks like you're not getting what you desire out of it, you quit or you kind of like do things to make it a little bit funky and unnatural. So I would say, you know, have the ambition to work really hard and dedicate yourself to perfecting whatever it is that you'll be, but really don't set, you know, the expectations for yourself that any you're going to get anything out of it at all, because you might not. Okay. And that's just the reality of it. You might not. I've seen so many people come and go over about 20 years. So some of those people probably had an expectation of what they planned on getting out of this. Mm-hmm. And once they found mm-hmm. out like the work that you had to put in it, they were like, oh, it's not for me. Yeah. So I don't have, you know, don't set, don't have any expectations. Just learn and absorb. And, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, the right the right fit for the role, right place, right time. Like just strike gold. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's good, good advice. So much, yeah. much. Thank you for that. All right. Well, let's talk about what's coming up. There's a lot of great things. A lot of, a lot of great wrestling this <laughs> this coming month. So we got some, we got some flyers here for you guys. Obviously, June 25th, no holds barred. Ooh. You'll be back. <laughs> oh, yeah. You all right there? You're like a little confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, was, I was trying to look because I wanted to make sure I had all my um, dates as well. I wanted, to, <laughs> I wanted to pull them up, and I think I didn't give you one flyer, so I wanted to, like, look at that. Oh, that's right. okay. So we can talk about it. So. <laughs> uh, all, right, all right. All right. Go ahead. You want to you wanna tip it off for everybody, like, where you're yeah. So first, um, first is this Sunday, uh, June 5th at the Brooklyn Monarch. A Matter of Pride presents uh, the kickoff of the LGBTQ month, um, the Pride Month in New York City with a day-long festival. It starts at 2 p.m. at the Brooklyn Monarch, and at 6 o'clock, A Matter of Pride Wrestling will be doing a show. It'll be headlined by the Boy Diva versus Melina, um, also a young aspiring wrestler from the Maryland area who actually trained at the Bone Breakers Pro Wrestling Training Academy, is now called NCW Training Academy. His name is Jadis Quinn. He's getting an opportunity to wrestle in New York City on an LGBTQ-themed show. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be hosting it. So we're going to ride up together along with his boyfriend. So um, that is this this Sunday, June the 5th. The whole event kicks off at 2 p.m. There are a lot of, like, LGBTQ, uh, you know, just legends involved in this, myself included. Um, Lolita Leopard, uh, just a litany of, of stars and then a lot of pro wrestling um melina obviously former wwf divas champion and um me and jace quinn and a lot of other a lot of others are going to be on the show so that's this sunday june the 5th uh you can get information about it by following my social media i'll be putting out flyers for it or going to a matter of pride.com awesome very cool and we got Paris is bumping. That's so awesome. I have the flyer up here for you guys. Great show. Definitely supported. A lot of these shows, they're on IWTV if you're not following already. So make sure uh, you hit that up and follow these great promotions. So Yes. So actually, I guess they're kind of like 
The first one will be that one that I just mentioned, but mm -hmm. you just mentioned a matter of mm -hmm. pride. Well, that's what, June 18th? That's June 18th, yes. Okay, June 18th, um, 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 Paris is bumping three. This will be the third, and I believe final installment of the Billy Dixon joint, yeah. Paris is bumping. Um, it's going to be the, I guess, final confrontation. You know, never say never, but between Father Darius Carter and the overall mother of the House of No Bullshit, Billy Dixon. Um, so that's going to be awesome. And I guess the flyer that you're showing up is a ceremony that they're doing for myself, Eddie McQueen, and Dark Chic, where we're all being honored and receiving our flowers for our contributions to the LGBTQ community um, through our efforts in pro wrestling. So that, that flyer is actually not for Paris's bumping that you're looking at. That's for the, the ceremony that'll okay. be held there. Mm -hmm. um, but I will be, but I will be announced. I will be the MC for Paris's bumping three. Um, but that that's the flyer that you showed. And then um, and then after that is the no 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 after that is the what other flyer do you have? Did you put it up yet? Or yes, it's up it, here. Is, yeah. Is, mm -hmm. Okay, and then after that is the uh, World Kickboxing Series from the Melrose Ballroom, which is. I'm finally getting back to doing some MMA and kickboxing. The entirety of the pandemic, I've really only been doing ICW No Holds Barred and VXS, mm -hmm. and and maybe and maybe every once in a while a little something with MCW Pro. Uh, we had a podcast called the MCW Cast, but my point is is that a lot of my kickboxing gigs and boxing gigs and Muay Thai gigs have been kind of like just as a huge chunk of my income that's gone because because of COVID. Yeah, nothing. Um, so this is really, really something important to me that I'm back in Melrose Ballroom because I used to do shows in, from Melrose Ballroom all the time and I actually was instrumental in getting wrestling, pro wrestling in right. Melrose Ballroom through my connections through MMA. So yeah, World Kickboxing Series presents Andy Sowers, uh, WKS, um, on June 24th, the day before ICW No Holds Barred. So on the 24th, I'll be in Astoria at Melrose Ballroom, and the 25th, I'll be in Newark at the Hart Ballroom. Two ballrooms. It's a ballroom weekend for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love yeah that. During, during Pride Month, I like a, ball, I, I like a ballroom weekend. <laughs> That's how you, you end know? off the month. Nice way to end it off, right, pretty much? That's so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you know the last weekend is like Pride Parade. Yeah. So I know. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm doing the MMA show or, or the kickboxing show on Friday. Then I got the Montos on Saturday. So I guess I probably should just stay back up and stay up here that whole weekend in the you know month and go to the primary, which I haven't See? been to in years. I guess you know this is gonna be the first time it's happened in a while. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. That's so amazing. So exciting. Love it. You know, ah, oh, so awesome. Definitely support yeah. the hell out of Larry, man. Like, get on the train. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and if anybody wants uh, the shirts, my signature ICW catchphrase, it's about to go down. I've got it on tank tops, and I've got it on orange and pink tees. Pink highlighted tees and an orange highlighted tee. They go really good with the ICW No Holds Barred Harali towels of the same color. Um, and if you want any of that, if you're following me on Facebook, Larry Legend, Instagram, at Real Larry Legend, Twitter, BLKLKP, just DM me. I, or find me at a show. I do not have any sort of like pro wrestling tees or Etsy. I just do it out of my trunk like Jay-Z, uh, which means you got to directly connect with me to get any of my merch. That's what kind of makes it exclusive. Um, so, yeah, just hit me up and I got them shirts for you in sizes medium through 5XL. 
Awesome. Definitely go give him some love. All those links are in the description below. If you guys are a little lazy, I got you covered. <laughs> yes, Tiffany girl. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Larry, it's such a pleasure. I mean, I love like chatting with you. I'm sure you will definitely be back on the podcast because there's always going to be stories to tell. So I'm glad that uh, we made this happen now sooner than later. <laughs> it's long coming. I want to tell you something about yourself. You are kind of like one of the figures where it's almost like when I come out and I see you, <laughs> like it, like I know it's a show. I know that makes no sense, but it's, it's, the, same way, it's the same way with mittens. Like if, if it's not an ICW show where mittens is working, yeah. then like I expect to see certain faces right. at my show. And then I know like, okay, I'm here. You know, like <laughs> I'm with my people. I'm with, I'm with the congregation, if you will, you know, and you, you are definitely one of those figures where it's like, you know, I, I, my heart is like set at ease that I am Larry Legend and I'm about to body this performance and I got my people out here that I know they're going to cheer and have a good time. So yeah. thank you for being who you are of in the course. game. Oh, no, I love it. It's, it's interesting with the world of podcasting also on top of it, because now like with me trying to support wrestling as a whole and going to like other States and stuff like that and getting recognized, it's, it's insane. Yeah. Um, it's, it's insane. And I still like sit in the bubble of denial a lot. Uh, let me live in my denial. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, girl, you, you are an entity and you know how right now I was just having this conversation about, generationally speaking how different things are and i was talking right. with someone about joey janela mm -hmm. and like just talking about how like how monumental his success has been predicated on social media right. and like videos mm -hmm. you know like he drops videos like how music videos used to drop or, or, or videos yeah. promo packages by isaac or, or dj tony will drop and it's like those can like make you in this day and age. So it's right. like just wild for me coming more from a mean Gene Okerlund generation to see like nowadays how Alicia too can, you know, become a star, right. you know, off of like do it DIY, you know? So, yeah. you know, it's commendable. And um, I'm glad you're at the beginning before it really takes off, you know, so people can know that you got, you know, credentials under your belt. You does this. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. It's a it's a good time. And, you know, I love, you know, the indie wrestling community and all that fun stuff. And I love putting it out there. That's the whole goal of all these interviews for your guys is, you know, you may or may not know the people that I interview on here, but they're very important to the indie, you know, wrestling scene right now. And if you don't know, you should know after these interviews. So. You know, no, no, now you know, you know. <laughs> and make sure you go buy a big juicy hot dog. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Larry, thank you so much for coming on again. We'll have you come back again, hopefully sooner, so we can. Again, there's so much. I mean, we could probably sit here for hours and hours and hours. But that. I'm will... sure we yeah, we we didn't even touch like uh, we gotta touch a lot of stuff. So yeah, have yeah, you back. And I yeah. Uh, Mention that at the end of any appearance because. I got, I got tales to tell. Ooh, okay. So stay tuned, guys. We'll do a, a part two, hopefully, in the near future. Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you for all your fan tweets. Thank you for all your questions into the chat. I love you guys so much. So you guys know the drill. Stay safe. Support independent wrestling. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good night.